Welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer and business coach helping you to live in your purpose. And that is what this podcast is all about. So let's jump right in to the conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so excited because I have a wonderful interview with Angela Perger, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner and a nature-loving mama of two beach babies. And she teaches Ayurveda and yoga because those ancient sciences continue to give her the tools to thrive despite a diagnosis of ulcerative colitis and a rare autoimmune liver condition. Her purpose is to share how you can incorporate the wisdom of these teachings into your everyday modern life so that you can be your happiest, healthiest self. We got into such a beautiful discussion of Ayurveda and its depths and how to keep it simple and how she does meals with her kids. Also, how to deal if you have a chronic condition. She gives some really good tips in this episode. So stay tuned for that. Before we jump in, I just want to share that I have a very limited number of one-on-one deep dives for your business. We can look at the astrology of your particular chart. You can ask questions around timing. You can talk about any team dynamics you're having or, or hiring. We can look at what your next aligned action is and talk strategy around your business. These are super rare because I don't often do one-off one-on-ones. This is sort of so you can take a test drive and see what it's like to work with me. I also have a few spaces in my six-month coaching. You can get to that through the link in the show notes and book a call. These are very, very limited spots starting in February or March. So if that's something that you're interested in, go through and go ahead and book a call. Also, if you are an established business owner, you don't have to be an online business owner. The other two offers are really geared towards people working online. You can sign up for my 30 days of support to help you outline this year and make 2022 a really prosperous year for yourself using the tool, the strategy of astrology. So what we will do is I will connect with you. We'll talk about your particular blueprint. We'll talk about your goals for the year and how to align with your blueprint a little bit better. Then I will create a calendar for you for the year that's very unique to you, dialed in for specific dates to launch, to hire, you know, periods of time to rest, to, you know, be very visible. All of those things will be outlined in your full year calendar. And we will meet another time where you can bring your team. And that will give you an opportunity to dial in some of the specifics. And in between time, you'll have access to me via Voxer, which is like a cool walkie-talkie system. And you can share questions that are coming up or things that you're curious about around your chart. So if you're interested in that as well, you can book a call at the link in the show notes. And I will now let us jump right into our interview with Angela Perger, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Angela. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. So 
What I'm really curious about is, first of all, how you started your journey with Ayurveda. Did you grow up around holistic things or how did you get interested in this? (laughs) I absolutely did not grow up with anything holistic. And I didn't even hear of the word Ayurveda until I was in my 20s. (laughs) Um, So I grew up with a typical sad diet, standard American diet, parents that basically we had like everything from mixes and boxes and canned vegetables, like so many other children of the 80s and 90s. And then I started practicing yoga in my early 20s. And that's where I was first introduced to Ayurveda. And I thought it was interesting, but confusing. (laughs) So it kind of went on the back burner. And then once I started diving into the world of yoga, Ayurveda came back forward for me and I started exploring it. But meanwhile, what really brought me to Ayurveda to fall in love with it so deeply and take it on as a lifestyle is because of diagnosis of a couple of different autoimmune conditions. When I was in college, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and primary sclerosing cholangitis, which is an autoimmune liver disorder. So when I was 21, um, the doctors told me that I would need a liver transplant within 10 years and that I wouldn't be able to have children. Um, I also had some other, during this whole time period of like, basically I call it my health crash. <laughs> I had my hair fall out. I had a lot of other symptoms. It was like two years of complete turmoil. And then after that, um, of course, the Western doctor said, there's nothing you can eat. Diet has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but to me, it just didn't make sense because how can your digestive system malfunction, but food has nothing to do with it? <laughs> Um, so it sort of put me on the path of exploring food as a way to heal. But at the time I hadn't even practiced yoga yet. So I was just going through, um, I mean, this was 20 years ago. I didn't even have a computer. I had to go to the computer lab for, for to do my work in college. So people didn't have blogs, you know, it was, there was really like not a lot of information available or easy to find about using food for healing. So I tried lots of different things. And meanwhile, I graduated, went to grad school, became a teacher in Philadelphia. So that's where I started practicing yoga, really as a way to handle stress. And because it was barefoot, that's what drew me to yoga. (laughs) I'm like, oh, exercise you can do without shoes on? I'm all for that. (laughs) Um, So... When I, I I fell in love with yoga and I did a yoga teacher training really just because I wanted to learn more about yoga for myself and to hopefully bring it into the classroom. So that's where I heard of Ayurveda. But, you know, it was still like something like I could not comprehend the way that people were explaining it then. So that's how it ended up on the back burner. So we could kind of skip forward over 10 years. I tried all different other types of diet, like vegan, raw, paleo, GAPS. (laughs) And each one I would like get a step ahead and then something would go wrong in my system. So nothing was really like creating long-standing wellness. Finally, I decided that no one else was going to be able to help me with this. I was going to have to figure it out myself. And that's when I decided to formally study Ayurveda. And once I did the program that I began studying with, The first three months were just all about you, the individual, before even diving in deeply into the philosophy. It was basically cooking and daily rhythm and all of those simple things. And I just experienced 
so many benefits right away. I just fell in love. And that's how I had to start a podcast. And just even though I went in like not planning to share it with anybody or teach it or do anything with it work wise, I just loved it so much. I knew I had to share it (laughs) in whatever way I could. So beautiful. Yeah. As a kid who grew up in the Midwest eating a lot of junk, I think we're about the same age too. Like I did totally go to the computer lab (laughs) in college to do my homework. I remember doing that. And, you know, I had huge digestive issues. I remember in high school drinking Pepto-Bismol every single day. And the doctors told me too, they didn't know why my stomach was upset. I was like, well, (laughs) turns out I wasn't eating very healthfully. I was a vegetarian that wasn't eating very healthfully. But I'm curious because you've gone through these really intense things and gotten these intense diagnoses. How do you think that's influenced like how you help other people? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I just really understand like being basically given a death sentence because when I was 21 and the doctor explained the liver condition and said, you're going to need a liver transplant in 10 years. Of course, I did go look that up. And then it said, oh, once you have the transplant, you have 10 more years. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, now I can't have kids. And I basically have 20 years left to live, (laughs) which by the way, I'm turning 40 this year. And to me, it's like a huge celebration because I have two healthy kids. I have not needed a transplant. I have many more years to live, I believe. So, um, you know, so I just understand that despair of feeling hopeless. Also, I, throughout the last 20 years of trying to integrate Western medicine and holistic healing practices and having some things kind of work and some things not work and just the ups and downs that go along with having a chronic illness that most in my experience, I haven't had much, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, sympathy or empathizing or understanding from the people that I've worked with to really get like everything that goes along, you know, like, for example, like when my son was two, I, that's when I tried the bone broth gaps kind of thing, um, with no grains and all of that. And my gut felt pretty good. I felt energetic. And then meanwhile, I get my liver checked every year and my doctors called me in and sat me down with a specialist and they're like, we think you have liver cancer, but we don't know. We have to do some more tests. So I had to live two months not knowing whether I had liver cancer or whether it was just the progression of the disease, which I mean, really, you know, of course I don't want cancer, but the progression, there's something going on there. The only thing I could really put was that I went from being vegetarian, like kind of all into the American yogi lifestyle then deeply into basically only eating meat and vegetables. So I'm like, well, there has to be some connection here. Of course, most health practitioners are real that I've come across really believe in their program or their way, which is great because everything works for somebody. But when you have a super sensitive system and it seems like nothing works because one thing will throw something else off. So just being open that I think, um, and this is, I have learned this from some amazing teachers like Dr. Svoboda in his microbiome class that anytime we subscribe to any kind of eating protocol and we stop paying attention to our body, it's like we're, we've tuned out, (laughs) even if it seems like it's the perfect diet or the perfect system. So I feel like for myself and for anyone that I work with, just understanding that there's going to be ebbs and flows in the way that we feel and that It's great if something works for a long period of time, but we always have to be open to what's actually happening in the body to recognize 
that it might not be working anymore or there's going to need to be a pivot. So for me, I just, at that time with the liver condition, I took it as there's, I'm just eating like too many acidic foods or like this is too heavy for my system. So I had to change again. (laughs) That From that point on, I felt like, okay, I've tried this, I've tried that, nothing's working. So that's where I dove into Ayurveda. And my first couple of years with Ayurveda was with a teacher that had a very particular way of eating based on her version of what she'd learned and studied. And for a while that did work. And then I had to go back to the drawing board and like really dig in. And I actually had to pull up the ancient text myself and see what they say about meat and bone broth and vegetables and grains and all of that. So just, I feel like having a a really open mind on the way that the ancient texts are laid out and like what they say. And that's, what's beautiful about Ayurveda. As you know, it's, it has that wiggle room for what the individual needs. Yeah, I always hear Dr. Sabota say that anything can be food, medicine, or poison. And so you just have to figure out which. And sometimes it's one or the other in different times or different conditions. So you have to be constantly aware. <laughs> and and that's the difference between having one of these diets. It's not checking a box, you know? And so do you feel like that's kind of the game changer with Ayurveda? Like why it's such a, like a helpful system for people with chronic conditions? Yes, I feel like, and that's why I really don't use food lists at all. And I don't like food lists. And even for clients or students, I don't want to give a food list because then you get attached. And by you, I mean me, anyone, all of us, especially anyone with a Western mind that we're really attached to things being a certain way or wanting some sort of like protocol that we could just follow and not think about. And Ayurveda, my understanding of it when we really have a deep relationship with it is that it doesn't, yes, that can be helpful at first to just kind of cut out all the junk. But then the next layer is understanding the qualities and the properties of these things so that we can adapt as we go. And like you said, we change so much, like even Ayurveda teaches us to eat seasonally. So therefore like what you might be eating in the summer could be totally different than what you're eating in the winter. Mm-hmm. I am thrilled to share with you an opportunity to get a hold of my handpicked lay low dates for 2022, as well as success dates to help you with launches, with signing contracts, with making big decisions in your business. If you would like that, it's called the 2022 Astrology Guidebook, and it's at my website, weaveyourbliss.com. You'll see it right at the top in the red bar. So get a hold of it. It's $33 and 100% of profits go to an Indigenous-led environmental organization. So I hope that's a huge help for you. Also, there's a link where you can drop it directly into your Google Calendar, meaning it's all there for you. You don't have to do anything and you can plan around those dates. So I hope that's helpful to you. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, you're, you know, you interpret Ayurveda into a modern lifestyle context so that it's doable for people, like so that it's not extreme. And so is that where this origin of simple Ayurveda came from? This, the name of your, your brand? Yes. I mean, simple Ayurveda came to me because, like I said, I was interested in 
Ayurveda 15 years ago at my yoga teacher training, but I was confused by it. And then later on, I came back to it and I started dabbling with seasonal, like just bringing it into my yoga classes and things like that. But I still was confused by the food because the food list when I started Googling were confusing to me. But then once I understood the daily rhythm, for me, like everything changed. And then also understanding the qualities and how they just show up in daily life. And then I realized like Ayurveda is a vast science and I don't want to, you know, say that everything can be simplified, but there are certain principles of it that when we understand it and incorporate it into our lives, it's like we only need this tiny little bit and it can make such a magical difference. So to me, simple and simple Ayurveda is like this approach of what's the most important part and what is the essence of the teaching and how can we bring that into modern day life so that it doesn't add one more thing to stress us out. Yeah. And like you said, you're a mom, you have a family. So how does this integrate into your life as a mom? And like when you're making meals, how do you make sure that everyone's happy? (laughs) You know, I think Ayurvedic food tastes good. And having grown up, like I didn't know what kale was. I didn't know what an avocado was until I was like in my 20s. So how do you do that? This is where I just laugh when anyone asks me, like, do I cook for different doshas or no? (laughs) I mean, just as a very basic example, like our lunch and dinner around here, I usually make basmati rice and then some kind of protein, uh, and then one grounding vegetable and one leafy green or cruciferous type of vegetable. So that's the base. And then from there, it's like the way that I cook, I just bring in Ayurveda, but this is where I keep everything so simple. Basically, I always cook with ghee, and then I also have coconut oil or olive oil, and that's it. I like got rid of all the other oils and It just makes life easy and ghee is liquid gold. So my kids like things separate on the plate. So it's not like I get to make a big pot of curry and they're going to eat it. (laughs) So when I have this system of the basic bowl, as long as everything's separated on the plate, then they'll eat it. And this is where in our weekly rotation, we have a Mexican bowl. So we have basmati rice and then black beans or chicken or fish and then one grounding vegetable, which an avocado is grounding. So then we have homemade guac (laughs) and one cruciferous or leafy green, which they love red cabbage. So I just shred it up. And instead of having it raw, which would be like a traditional slaw, I saute it in water or ghee so that it's soft and then they'll make tacos out of it. So I'll just skip the tortilla myself because I like to eat things that are super easy to digest, but I give them the tortilla and they put it all in a taco. So they love to make their own tacos, which for any mamas listening, if Whatever food, if you just give a tortilla chip or (laughs) a burrito wrap and have them wrap it up, it it goes a long way in our house. Yeah. And getting the kids involved as well is so important and giving them something to do. And of course, you live in Florida too. So you have access to different seasonal fruits and vegetables. And it's the the temperature is different than it is here in Maine, where it was below zero yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, we used to live in New Jersey. So I do know what winter's like, not a Maine winter. (laughs) um, So yeah, personally, I just adore the Montessori methods for involving kids in the kitchen. And if I could sum it up, it's just that you allow them to have real tasks. So my son was cutting with a knife at three years old, you know, first with my hands on his hands and then 
me kind of hovering and, and now he's eight and can use like a real knife, you know, so it's scaffolding, like letting them do a little bit at a time, but just basically have little, I have little jobs for them. Like they wash the vegetables. And I mean, honestly, every mom knows that it makes cooking way harder. takes longer. <laughs> and you have to sum up all that patience, but it does get them more excited to eat the food. And then another thing we did during quarantine is we watched a couple of cooking shows like Top Chef. So then they really got into plating. So when I make something Ayurvedic, that's not always the most attractive thing to eat. They like to make it look cool on the plate. So that's been helpful to get them to eat real food as opposed to kid food. But yeah, I think another thing that's really important for modern day Ayurveda, especially people that have kids or chronic illness or just kind of like a lot of stress or a lot of things on the plate is like how my food is so simple. And then if I want to jazz it up and I have the energy and I feel like it, I can always make a homemade pesto or a dressing or a sauce to make it more fun. And then the same with like the daily routine and the morning dinacharya, like going back to the basics, because I feel like most people I talk to sleep with their phone in their room and no judgment. I used to as well. Until someone, until an Ayurveda practitioner said to me, like, do not scroll or read while you're eating and do not look at your phone first thing in the morning and just spell it out. Of course, that's not written in the ancient text and you won't find that on a Dinacharya list anywhere because that wasn't an issue. With most of us in modern day life, it's become so normal to have your phone on you all the time that until someone points it out that you actually don't have to look at it when you first wake up. <laughs> I mean, it's such a small thing, but I had already been to so many doctors and nutritionists and wellness practitioners, and no one ever said, like, don't scroll while you're eating. If you are looking for better ways to understand astrology and yourself, you are in luck because I have a course out now called The Planets, and it goes in depth into the stories of the planets, their characteristics, how we can have a relationship with them, how they may afflict us and what to do about it. You also learn a lot about karma, about Vedic astrology and what it is, where it originates from, how to read your chart. So it's a pretty in-depth look and a helpful tool for you to better understand astrology. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to weaveyourbliss.teachable.com. You'll see the planets there and you can click through and learn more. I want to bring in just a little astrology and talk more about ulcerative colitis as well with you because you're such an expert on it. What's interesting about your chart is there's so much eighth house influence, but you also have this magical trade between Mercury and Saturn. So what happens is there's like this transformation that happens in your early life with Venus and then the Saturn that would replace the Mercury in the 11th. There's this like powerful thing that's going on that gives you the kind of wounded healer thing where you you can actually present to someone you're working with because of your actual experience, something that will deeply influence and help them at like a visceral level because you understand it yourself. It's so cool to see that in your chart. And then you have Jupiter in the eighth, who's your ruling planet. 
So there's all this grace that even though you've gone through what you've gone through, that you will come through it and that you'll have a creative vision of how to reinterpret and, you know, experience that going forward because the moon is aspecting onto that Jupiter. So there's this like beautiful combination for healing and like the light that you bring, you know? So it's so cool to me that you're almost to that, that 40 year mark where you thought like your life was going to look really different, but there was all this grace, you know, all this grace in your chart saying, it's going to be fine. You're going to find a way to show other people that they can also, you know, grow up with one experience and transform their life, you know? So it's really cool. (laughs) So I'm curious, can we talk more about ulcerative colitis and like how Ayurveda helps with that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just dropped a bunch of stuff too. So you can respond yeah. if you want. <laughs> no, the chart stuff's amazing because um, it kind of reminds me of your phrase that you shared, I think on the podcast or maybe in one of your classes, I am anticipating a pleasant surprise. That's my friend, Monisha Chandanani. Yeah. It's like kind of like, I feel like the phrase of the, of my chart, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of positivity, you know, like just being a Jupiter world person in general, you're going to be like, well, it's going to be okay. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> you know, and you grew up during a benefic Venus period too. So there's like, there's a natural beneficence to you where you're, you have a positive attitude and that can carry us a really long way. I think that's another thing I learned through yoga and Ayurveda I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to survive this, but I'm going to just keep doing my practice and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Basically, ulcerative colitis is dysfunction with agni, with the digestive system. And then although when you Google it, it says pitta, really, I think mostly vata influence because pitta causes inflammation. And so we do have inflammation, but we have an organ that correlates with vata and we have vata movement because we have the inhale and the exhale. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what is a contraction and expansion. That's what I'm thinking of. You know, we have contraction and expansion happening in that organ. So we have that movement that basically mirrors the breath. And then of course we have the flow of prana that's regulating the way that things move through our system. And so although inflammation is part of the problem, the bigger problem is the way that things are moving through the system. And a pattern that tends to coincide with ulcerative colitis as far as agni and the dysfunction that's happening is remember that Agni transforms everything we take in. So it transforms the food and the drink, which most of us Westerners, we really like stop there. (laughs) I know I stopped there. (laughs) But it also helps us to take in and make meaning of conversations, of podcast interviews, of information that we read. And so when our Agni is functioning properly, we're able to process conversations, emotions, everything that we take in, we can kind of make meaning out of those things that we are that are going to lift us up higher. And hopefully we can release those things that aren't leading us to a higher place or to a higher vibration that aren't in, in alignment. But then when there's malfunction, 
things are getting stuck within us, or in the case of ulcerative colitis, perhaps they're just passing through so quickly because we can't even pause to process it, whether it is food. So that's, we have the case of loose elimination because things are just going through so fast that the body's not able to transform and get the nutrients and absorb it in the way that it would if the digestive system were functioning normally or optimally. But then we also have emotions and feelings and perhaps even traumas that we're not able to process properly. And so we're kind of trying to kick them out, but then that keeps them stuck inside. And so I've noticed for myself personally on this journey, like it's not all about food because there have been times in my life where, for example, when my mom was in the hospital for a month and ended up needing heart surgery, I ended up having a flare. And so, yeah, I wasn't eating the best, but it wasn't all food. It was that emotional piece. So part of having ulcerative colitis and being able to thrive with it is, I think, understanding that expansion and contraction. So knowing there's going to be times where you can, like, I want to say, like, eat up more of the world, <laughs> like, put yourself out there, have experiences, expose yourself to new ideas. And then there's going to be times where, and this is for everyone, not just colitis, but it's kind of like magnified when the digestive system's not functioning well. And then there's periods of contraction where we have to go inward and take time and not take in so much information and maybe not take in such a wider variety of foods and kind of simplify so that we give ourselves like that grace and that time period to process everything that we went through. And so even just knowing that off the bat, that every single day is not looking the same, which of course, listeners of your podcast know that because... (laughs) They're following along with you and like learning that there's some alignment happens when we tune into cosmic awareness and just sort of know what's going on with the planets and the moon on a seasonal or monthly basis. And then understanding that within our own body and our own selves that we're not going to feel the same all of the time and to give ourselves space so that we can process what needs to be processed and to know that when the system's overloaded, it really serves us well to simplify and put less in or less of a variety of things in, whether that's information or food or anything else, experiences, conversations. Mm. I was going to ask you what would be your advice for anyone with a chronic condition. I feel like you just gave it, you know, it's like such a beautiful way to interpret what Ayurveda says, you know, which is when there's a lot of one thing, counter it usually with its opposite. 90% of the time, that's what Dr. Svoboda says is like 90% of the time you're going to temper it with the opposite. So when life is complicated, we simplify. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing is like when you know that ahead of time, (laughs) you can make plans for that. So if you're launching something, then you can give yourself space before and after. Or if you're going on a trip, the tendency with ulcerative colitis is a pizza vata constitution, which is mine as well. So I know it very intimately. And for example, if you have a week vacation or trip plan to have activities going on until the very last second, and then come home and go back to work the next day, because it's like, you don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out, but actually feel amazing when I come back a day early and have a whole day to unpack and take a nap and process before jumping into the next thing. So That's the wisdom of Ayurveda too, which is really what Dinacharya is teaching us (laughs) on a daily basis is to give ourselves space throughout the day 
to process the last thing we did before we jump into the next that we don't have to keep go, go, going. Well, let us know a little bit about what resources you have for people who do have ulcerative colitis. And I know you have a program coming up. Do you want to talk about that as well? Yeah, thank you. I have a free guide at Simple Ayurveda, Ayurveda for Ulcerative Colitis, where I get into a little more depth on the dosha involvement and Agni's involvement, and then some very simple things that could be incorporated So that's a PDF download and a short video lesson that goes along explaining it. Right now I have open the Simple Ayurveda Sanctuary, which is a group program that comes with individualized support. So I'm taking in a small amount of clients to work with so that I can give attention and support for personalized suggestions on what to eat for the phase that you're in right now. And help interpreting the Ayurvedic guidelines to, in a way that makes sense for modern life for living with ulcerative colitis. So the program is seven months in duration. It comes with a monthly group session so you can meet other people that have ulcerative colitis. For me, this was like a huge pain point on my journey, not knowing anyone else that has colitis, not having any friends or like support system or anyone to talk to that understood what I was going through. Of course, you get individual consultations with me. I've been living with colitis for 19 years now. So having an Ayurveda practitioner that has been through it all personally to support you. And then I put together a resource hub of all the stuff you need. So for example, using Ayurveda to have a flare up meal plan to have a colonoscopy meal plan. I've, I've had, I've had a colonoscopy about 12 times. <laughs> so I've really like pinpointed the best things to eat the week before to make the experience as less vata provoking as possible and just easy on the digestive system. And then some meal suggestions for when you're coasting, when you're feeling pretty good. So that way you can have more variety and not be stuck with simple meals all of the time and support to kind of understand when you'll be able to eat what you want and when it might serve you better to rein it in. And then as well as some of the lifestyle things that have been really helpful for me. Because obviously I've been living with colitis through having two children, breastfeeding each one for two years each, (laughs) Um, homeschooling for a year during COVID. Um, So all of the things that like help me to be able to thrive through that. Wonderful. And if you don't have colitis, but you know someone like one of my best friends does have colitis. So I'm going to share this, these resources with him. uh, Because I remember when he was going through it, it's, it is so hard when you feel alone and you don't understand how to get regulated and back to balance. So having that support is so important. So I'm so glad and grateful for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So I have another, uh, I have some rapid fires, but my question before we jump into that is what does it mean to you to live in your purpose? And how do you think we can better do it? Like what would be your suggestion for people? Because that is kind of the theme of the podcast. So I ask everybody. I feel like slowing down turning inward a little bit, maybe with the guidance of someone like you or basically slowing down so that you can really hear the voice of your own intuition. Because I feel like when I'm all over the place in that Vata frenzy, it's when I, that's when I lose touch with myself or 
my real purpose or what it looks like to live in alignment with who I am. And when I'm able to slow down and connect back to the practices, then it's like, oh yeah, it's so obvious. Well, so we'll we'll jump into these rapid fires and you can take as much time as you want. Um, So what's one piece of advice that's really helped you in your life? Focus on eating when you're eating. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Keep it simple, right? Um, So when you feel anxious, confused, or frustrated, what is the first thing you do to ground yourself? Go outside and spend time in nature. Love it. What is your favorite hot beverage? I definitely love hot tea. I'm just trying to think what's the best one. There's so many. (laughs) I'll go with a coconut milk golden latte. Ooh, that's nice. (laughs) I always have something on rotation, so I understand. (laughs) Um, So on that note, what would be your last meal on earth? Fish tacos with Ayurvedic slaw. (laughs) Nice. And guacamole. (laughs) So you've mentioned morning routine, but you know, what is part of your morning routine that's non-negotiable? Oh, tongue scraping. Nice. I love my tongue scraper. I actually have gotten both my parents to use tongue scrapers. And my dad said, quote, that's the best gift you've ever given me. (laughs) I gave some tongue scrapers this Christmas too. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious because my dad is obsessed with oral hygiene for some reason. So (laughs) that's hilarious. Tell us about a person who inspires you and why. I'll have to go with my Yaya. Um, she inspired, that's Greek for grandmother. She inspires me because she always had an open door. She always had like lentil soup on the stovetop and just welcoming to anyone that might drop by. And her house was always full. <laughs> so nice. I love when people say their grandmother. <laughs> it just makes me so, I don't know, so happy. Um, something that people might not know about you. The first one that pops into my head is I hate ketchup because I'm the only American that (laughs) doesn't like it. And all my friends seem to be obsessed with this fact because it's been since childhood. Uh (laughs) I guess another one might be that we lived in an RV for six months when the kids were one and four years old. So that was an adventure. Fun. Um, So what are you reading right now? Any book recommendations or what have you read recently that you want to talk about, share? Oh my gosh. I always have a big stack. So I'm trying to think right on the top. I have Florida edible wild plants. <laughs> so I'm kind of obsessed with foraging right now, even though I don't know much about it. So I think it's fun to learn about the plants of where I live. I have a bunch of simplicity books laying around too. I'm trying to think. <laughs> and I just grabbed one from the library called the gratitude diaries. Nice. So we'll share those in the show notes as well as your website and the link to get your freebie on ulcerative colitis, Ayurveda for ulcerative colitis. So what's one thing that's bringing you joy right now? I feel like snuggles with my kids and having energy to be able to spend time with them. It's like so simple, but so joyful. Oh, beautiful. If I were there, I'd be like the sun. Yeah. (laughs) But you're like so immune to it. You're like, it's always there. (laughs) I was thinking that, but I'm like, oh, is that rubbing it in? (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Okay, good. So is there anything else you want to tell us before we jump off or share? One small thing at a time. Whatever it is, whether it's like business or starting a daily routine or cleaning up food or, you know, just like one little step at a time is the sustainable path. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, I'm going to throw another question at you, actually, which is, 
what would you share for people who are starting a business, you know, and who are trying to integrate these holistic practices into the business that they're doing? And it doesn't have to be necessarily an Ayurvedic business, but just as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what would you share about that? I really believe like being as authentic as possible, even though it can be so embarrassing or cringy. I mean, if anyone's listened to my podcast, I've shared like some of the most embarrassing things. I've admitted that I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, you know, my remedy to that is trying to make a chocolate peanut butter smoothie, even though that's totally not even Ayurvedic, but it's one step better than a processed chocolate bar. And, but that's what's actually helpful, not just us regurgitating what the texts say or what the experts say, but whatever it is, like making meaning and making it real and, and letting it be messy so that it can actually be impactful for someone else. Good. Well, I'm excited to see what happens with your business and your project for helping people with ulcerative colitis. And I'm so grateful for you being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weave Your Bliss podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a comment for us. I want to thank the team at Team Podcast who helped get this podcast out to you. And also to thank the musicians who were the creators of this beautiful music we're listening to now. It comes from an album, Fragments of a Season, by Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantuladesma. So check it out wherever you get your music. Have a wonderful day and we will connect soon on a future episode.